We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's dive, Ryan, into our prediction show. We're going to follow the same format. We're going to make a score prediction, talk about how we think the game is going to play out, and then we'll get into some game balls, predicted game balls, and uh, and then talk about what we think the key storylines. Do you remember what the what – the, uh, what I, I forget what our predictions were for game balls last week. I think we both said Sam Hartman, but yes. I don't remember defensively. I thought you so, – I think I said Riley Mills. I think I said Riley yeah. Mills last week. Yeah, I thought I, I said I might set a linebacker. I have to go back and listen. Um, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. But one thing that we both agreed on is that I doubt it's going to be a guy like Maris Lewifau because this isn't really a a, a Maris type of game. And it was a Maris type of game. It was yeah. a Maris type of game. That was yeah. great to see, and and it's great to see that, and great to see how well he played. Uh, so we'll hand out some game balls and have a little bit of fun with this, Ryan. But let's. Uh, Let's dive into our predictions. I will let you start. Let me hear your score prediction uh, and then how you think this game is going to play out, Ryan. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I think that for me, I'm not trying to be overly aggressive as much this year as last year because there were a couple of predictions that came back to bite me. So like last week I did 42 to 10, ended up being pretty good. But at, at one point I had like 52 to 10 written down and I kind of went back and forth on myself a little bit. I just, I mean, honestly, folks, I just don't think this game's going to be overly close. I just don't. I, I think that Notre Dame has a great opportunity for offensively to continue the momentum that they built last week against Navy at a higher volume now, because there should be a little bit, a few more plays, a little bit more time on their side. We're not playing against a triple option and defensively. I said it, and I believe this truly, I, I, I think that it's going to be very difficult for Tennessee state to get into opponent ter- to the opponent's territory. I just don't see them scoring much, if at all. So I'm going super, super big here, Brian. 56 nothing. Notre Dame defeats the Tennessee State Tigers. I just I have a hard time seeing Tennessee State score. At most, I think it's three or seven points. I don't see them scoring more than that. And I think they're just not gonna have a, they're gonna have a very difficult time stopping Notre Dame. So give me Notre Dame 56 to nothing, as disrespectful as that sounds. No, I, I mean it's really not, though. I mean, if we're being honest, it's really not. I mean, look, Tennessee's not 
Tennessee State's not a great football team, and this is what teams like Notre Dame are supposed to do to FCS opponents. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, we, we see this all the time when 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 Bama plays these type of, type of teams. Like we see Sam, them Sanford and them. Yeah, I mean, you look yeah. at last year. What's actually funny is uh, last year Notre or Alabama beat Austin P thirty four to nothing. That was it. Wow. But if I remember correctly, wasn't Austin Peay kind of good last year? No, nah, they um, were better the year before. I think they were okay. actually kind of average last year, if I remember um, correctly. I'm trying to to look and see what their, their record was. They were 7-4, and four, so not as good. Yeah. And then two of their losses were to Power 5 teams. So they lost to – or, I mean, Division One teams. They lost to Western Kentucky by 11. Uh, lost to Jacksonville State, who's now a Power 5 – or, you know, group of uh, FBS team. And then they lost to uh, to Alabama. But they're not; they're way better than Tennessee State. Is kind right. of the point that we're, sure. we're we're getting at here when when we look at this uh, particular matchup. And and so yes, this should be a game that that Notre Dame dominates. I mean, you look at what Alabama did to like Louisiana Monroe last year and won sixty three to seven. That's kind of what you expect. They beat you know the year before they they beat you know New Mexico State fifty nine to three. You look at what Notre Dame did to New Mexico back in 2019, beat them 66 to 14, beat Bowling Green that year 59 to nothing. I mean, those are FBS teams. So yeah, you you should you you should dominate a team like that. I have it 62 to 7. I, I see Notre Dame scoring okay. eight touchdowns and a couple field goals. I think they'll they'll have one field goal from the first group and they'll have a field goal from the second group. And, and that's how I see it. I, I think they're that's a lot of possessions for this kind of for this kind of a game now, Ryan, with you know, with the opponent being sort of, um, you know, not a good opponent, you know what I mean? I, I You're going to have more possessions than you should with the new clock rules is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I still think that Notre Dame is going to have a lot more big plays in this game. So they're going to have a lot of minute and a half drives and, and, and even some of the drives that take more than a play, it'll be a lot more like that. What was it? That third scoring drive from Notre Dame against Navy was like four plays and they didn't get to a second down. They never got to second down. I think we'll see more drives like that. And, and even if they do run it more, you're going to see, I I hope that we see more longer chunk runs against this team. So I expect them to kind of score pretty quickly at times. And I expect the second team to put a couple scores on the board as well. I think the touchdown is going to come against the the backups in the second half. I think there's going to be some sort of blown coverage or blown assignment that allows a big play that sets up a touchdown. So I do think Tennessee State gets on the board. But it wouldn't shock me, Ryan, if it's, it's shut out. It, it wouldn't. But I just think there's going to be a lot of snaps with the second unit in this game, even maybe the third unit, and we may see a, a, a play given up. I hope not. I'd love to see a shutout. Could you imagine if Notre Dame's – gives up three points through the first two games. I'm going to have to actually do some research and find out when the last time they gave up that few points and in, in back-to-back games. I actually I actually think it might have happened in Marcus Freeman's first year. I mean his only year as the defensive coordinator. I actually now have to look at that real quick. It I may I may be having uh, missing a game. Yeah, the Virginian uh, Virginian Georgia Tech Actually, in 2021, they gave up three points to Virginia and zero points to Georgia Tech. So doesn't happen often. You'd like to see this team start that way. Because here's the interesting thing, Ryan, is Notre Dame has finished that way on defense in the past. Where the defense finishes the year really strong, they eventually get going. You look at Marcus Freeman's last year or first year as defensive coordinator. They gave up in, in November, they gave up six, three, zero, and 14 points. You know, they, But they 
they got off to a bit of a rough start, you know, 38 against Florida state, 29 against Toledo, 29 against Virginia tech. Well, they gave up a pick six, but you know, 24 to Cincinnati, 34 to North Carolina, they finished strong, but they didn't start strong that season. I'd like, I'd love to see them get off to a strong start. That would be, that would be great. In my opinion, one, one point half, one and 1.5 points per game given up is going to win you a lot of football games. Yes. Yes. Yes, holding teams to three or zero points will uh, make you very hard to beat. There's no doubt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. How I see the game playing out, Ryan, as I mentioned before, I do think Notre Dame is going to hit more big plays. I do think we're going to see some turnovers forced. I, I think Tennessee State knows they're going to have to try and throw the football. I, I'd be shocked if they're just going to try to run the ball and get out of this game as quickly as possible. I think they're going to at least try to take some shots. At least they should. And if they do just try to run the football, then they're going to be going three and out a lot. I, just, I just don't. I'd be shocked if Notre Dame gets run on by Tennessee State. Very, very shocked. I think their best chance in, 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 on offense is to try to do some things throwing the football. They actually do have some decent athletes on the perimeter. I, I, I really think that they do and make Notre Dame secondary tackle in space. Because what's the one thing that was a question mark last year that remains a question mark this year, Ryan? The ability of your of your skill players to tackle in space, especially your safeties. Why would you not try to do things to get your, those safeties in space in this game? If sure. I see DJ Brown in the film, I'm like, is there a way we can figure out how to get this guy in space? 
you know, those are things that I would do. Make those guys beat you in that regard, and that's something I expect Tennessee to do. But I just think it's going to be hard for them to consistently move the chains, and and I expect a lot of quick possessions in this game from Tennessee State. Let's hand out some game balls, Ryan. When you when you look at this offensively, who do you see as being the star of this game? Well, I think that it's it's twofold. I think I think I think for me, I expect Sam Hartman to have a big game, but I'm actually going to go game ball to Jeremiah Love. I don't know why, but this just feels like a Jeremiah Love kind of game, you know, where it's like Audric's going to be Audric, Jerron Payne's going to have a good game. I, I feel like all the running backs are going to see a little bit of what we did last week, as far as all the running backs are going to have a little bit of, you know, some really nice traction and some nice, nice moments. But I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremiah Love leaves his football game with like 10 carries for 120 yards and like two touchdowns. Like I wouldn't be shocked at all because he's running the ball a little bit more and he bangs one for like 60, 70 yards for a big score. So I'm going to go off the, off the rails a little bit. I'm going to pick Jeremiah Love as my game ball offensively. Well, you're, you're not saying something that we haven't seen before either, Ryan. You just immediately got flashbacks. What's one of the running backs that 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 he reminds us of? C.J. Procise and Josh Adams, right? Remember Josh's first year before he took over as the starter when C.J. got hurt? He came in against UMass when the game was kind of out of hand and then went off, had like a 70-yard touchdown run. He ended up having 13 carries for 133 yards that game. Very similar to the stat line that you're talking about uh, from Jeremiah Love. And I could see him even early in the game ripping one off for like 60 when the starters are still in the game. Uh, And then the bulk comes in the second half. I could see something like that. I I would love to see him and and Jadarian Price just rotating in the second half. Just saying, have fun handling the speed of these two guys. That'd be a lot of fun to see, Uh, Ryan. I'm actually going to go – with Tobias Merriweather. I think this is going to be a breakout game for Tobias Merriweather. I, 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 this is just a guess. Again, I just have a feeling that the staff is going to say, we got to get five going. And and I think it's going to result in some big plays. It, it That might be more wishful thinking than a prediction just because I know they need that. So I could see that. And I could also, but that's also the reason I could see it being like a, a, a tight end Mitchell Evans or Holden Stace. Cause they may say, hey, look, let's do some things to get the tight ends going early in the game. And, you know, one of those guys has like a couple touchdowns or something like that. But the other part, too, is is it could be challenging to have a player of the game because of how well Sam Hartman spreads the ball around. Sure. And and so I'm going to go with the, somebody catching it. I think the guy with the most impressive stat line is going to be Sam Hartman. You know, it's going to be another high percentage, high yards per attempt, lots of touchdowns. I, th- I You know, I think if they're as aggressive as we hope that they're going to be, we'll find out if that's the case. But but I, I want to go with one of the skill players, one of the standout skill players. So I, that's that's kind of what I want to see in this game. Defensively, Mister Roberts, who gets your game ball? Jordan Batello is my guy this week. I think that he had a very underratedly good football game against Navy. Yes. He did a lot of the dirty work. He also had that big pressure that kind of forced a little bit of an errant throw on the ball where DJ Brown got smoked on down the field. That. Clarence Lewis had to kind of work back and help to break up a little bit down the field. I think that this is a game where Tennessee State's not going to be able to run the ball incredibly well. and They're going to be forced to pass the football a ton. And I think that Jordan Battello is just going to eat any opposing offensive line that he goes against alive. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Battello plays 25 snaps in this football game and he has three sacks. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at all because yeah. I think it's that type of football game. And he's that type of talent when he's got his head on right. And it appears so far that he's yeah. got his head on right. And I think that he's going to have a big football game. Well, 
one game, in my opinion, does not mean you have your head on right. And and this is where I let me see if I read you correctly, Ryan. If I know you as well as I think you do, it's not just that game. We saw Jordan finish the season strong, and not just yeah. in the bowl game. Even as a rotation, he had a really good game against Syracuse. Had a really good game against Boston College. I mean, we saw him start to string together some performances late in the season. Then he has the bowl game. Now we see him having a fall, a good fall camp. He, we haven't heard his name mentioned for any other reasons than football. And then he comes out against Navy, and it's very similar to the Mara situation. That's not really a Jordan Patelho game based on who he's been in the past. The flashy, kind of make an impact kind of play. He was disciplined. He was aggressive. Yeah. He played within structure. And then within structure, made a lot of plays. That was a great sign. I, I like that one, Ryan. Uh, that was going to be my pick, so I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say if it's not Patelho, I'm going to go with an interior guy. I'm going to go with the, with with a, a guy that maybe isn't a, a starter. I'm going to go with like a Josh Burnham who may have a couple sacks when Tennessee State's forced to pass, a Jason Onye, some young D lineman that, that hasn't played a ton that just comes out and balls out. That's, that's where I'm going to go with if it's not Patelho. You know who else I could see having a really big game against this team, Ryan, with, from a sack standpoint? I could see Javante Jean-Baptiste going off a bit in this game. His yeah, length is going to give them problems, and I was impressed by his athleticism against against Navy. He, he played better in that game than I thought he would. I, I didn't think we'd see much of Javante Jean-Baptiste against Navy because he's a more of a pass rusher first guy. I thought he's very good playing the option last week, uh, much better than I anticipated. I could see him being a guy also that could, could maybe be in that conversation. But my number one pick is the same as yours. I, I see this as – and Jordan's kind of guy that will be smart enough. I mean, he's just got a knack as a football player. That was never a question. It was more about will he be focused. But Jordan's the kind of guy that, that you saw in high school. He understands I'm coming around the edge, I'm blocked, and that quarterback's right here. I'm coming down. I'm going for the strip. I could see him having a play like that as well in this game, Ryan. So I, I think that was a really good pick. How about special teams? Who's going to be your special teams guy? This will be a fun one. Spencer Schrader has a big bounce back week this week. You know, he's kicking the balls completely out of the end zone on every kickoff. He's nailing every extra point. If he gets a field goal attempt, he's going to nail it this week, man. A little bit of redemption from his missed okay. field goal last week. I'm going to go Chris Tyree. I think he's going to break one back. And I know that they went – Excuse me, went with him last week. You know what? No, actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm I'm going to go Devin Ford. I think Devin Ford's going to rip off a couple of returns, maybe not for scores, but get a nice couple of nice good chunk returns to give the offense a shorter field. That's where I'm going to that's where I'm going to go with on that one. I like that one. Before we move on to the mailbag, Ryan, we did the Notre Dame prediction. I'd like to kind of talk about a couple other predictions. I was able to discuss some of these games yesterday, so I, I don't need to dive into them again. But I did want to kind of give you a chance to, to get into some of these games. And tonight especially, Ryan, there's going to be three really good football games on tonight. And and uh, the first one is Minnesota and Nebraska. What are your thoughts on that game? You you can give a prediction if you want. This isn't one of the games that we're making predictions for. But what are you, what are your thoughts? I'm very curious to see how Minnesota is this year without the the offensive players they lost. Love Joe Rossi, but I think their offense could struggle. And who knows what Matt Rule's first team is going to look like? I mean, it, uh, this is a very intriguing game in my opinion. I'm going to take Minnesota in this one, but I think that Nebraska is going to keep it close and you're going to kind of see the signs that Matt Rule is going to get this thing rolling a little bit. I think maybe you'll see a couple of nice plays from 
Jeff Sims showing his athleticism. I think that the defense will be a little bit faster, play a little bit looser. But I just think that Minnesota, although they're dealing with some turmoil this offense, uh, this offseason, and they're replacing Tanner Morgan, a quarterback, and Muhammad Ibrahim, I just think that their the consistency factor that they've had as far as just the you know from year in a year out, they're they've been a pretty decent football team for the last few years. You know, like they're winning nine plus games seemingly every year outside of a COVID game outside of a COVID year over the last yeah. couple of years. So I just think the consistency factor is going to play in Minnesota's favor. I'm not really sure exactly what the score is going to be, but I think it's going to be a close football game because I think Nebraska has some better athletes as far as what they had last year. I think they're going to keep it a little bit close, but I think Minnesota takes it just because they just have a little bit more consistent approach. And they're at home. I don't think Minnesota covers the seven-point spread, to your point. That is a great I can actually see Nebraska winning this game outright. I just – I don't know enough about them to to be able to predict that. And this is – I'm not a fan of Minnesota's offense. It's been very underwhelming the last couple years. They haven't really been good on offense since 2019. But Joe Rossi's defense is legit. It's a very good defense. I mean, Nebraska's defense could play very well in this game and still lose just like last year when they lost to Minnesota 20-13 to at home. Yeah, so well, I think it's gonna be an ugly game. I mean, yeah. if I had to put a score on it, I would say like twenty to fourteen or something yeah. like that. Like it's gonna be a low scoring game. Yeah, twenty one seventeen, something like that. Yep, I agree. I agree. How about the the, the uh, there's two Notre Dame opponents played tonight. Wake Forest plays Elon. Don't need to spend time on that. But this NC State at UConn game looks a little bit more interesting after last season than maybe we would have assumed based on how bad UConn was for for quite some time. You got to give credit to Jim Mora. Right? I mean, yeah. he he is. He's gotten UConn, Ryan, playing good football very quickly. Now, their offense still stinks, but their defense got pretty good last year. Beat Boston College 13-3, to beat UMass, beat Liberty, um, you know, the, he, he beat Fresno last season when Fresno was ranked. He, he's done some really nice things there. I just, uh, for me, I don't think that he just has the horses at the end of the day to run with. Yeah. to run with with what I think is going to be a good NC State football team. But I'm, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It is. I, I think that for me, I think UConn's going to keep this one close for a while, and then I agree with you. I think NC State's going, just going to kind of out-athlete them in certain spots to just not be able to keep touch because I think UConn's actually has some pretty underrated defensive players, man. They got Eric Watts, a defensive end, who's a good football player. Jackson Mitchell's a highly productive inside linebacker. And then they got – Malik Dixon Williams at safety, who's a really good football player. So I think that the combination early of really underrated defense from UConn on top of Robert and Robert and I is going to be a really good offensive coordinator for NC State, I think, in the long run. But I think that there's a little bit of a maturation that needs to happen early on in the game, right? They're going to be, you know, still getting in rhythm, first game action with Brendan Armstrong. Nope. I think it's going to be a little bit slow early on, but then at the end of the game, NC State is going to be a little bit too much. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a two-score game at the end of it. Like if no. this is a 35-21 to 21 type of football game or a 35-17, something like that, yeah. I wouldn't be totally shocked. But I think NC State does pull away because they just have better athletes. Yeah, the spread is 14. I would agree with you, Ryan. I could see if t- NC State does cover the spread, it'll be a second-half cover. It'll be because they put 17 on the board in the fourth quarter or something like that. I agree with you on that. Somebody asked, Andrew Gilmore asked, what what should we be watching for NC State? Ryan talked about it. It's how quickly can their offense gel. 
you've got yeah. a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, some new players and some key spots, a couple new offensive linemen. It's going to be how quickly they gel. That's going to be the thing. The defense is returning a lot of players, same coach, same system. You know, even the guys stepping into starting lineups or guys that have played a little bit of football, they return some some really good corners. It's going to be how quickly the offense gets rolling. That's that's going to be a big question. And this will be a good test for them. Like you said, Ryan, UConn's going to be scrappy on defense. So it'll be a good test for them. Then the other big game tonight is Florida-Utah. This is Cameron Rising is probably not going to play, according to Pete Thamel. Uh, is probably not going to play this weekend. It, I've shared my thoughts on it, Ryan. Uh, we had our predictions out earlier today. You, uh, When you found out Cameron Rising didn't play, I think all you did was – no, actually, that was somebody else. Andrew McDonough did that. He basically just lowered Utah's points, but he didn't change Florida's. <laughs> so you have the Utes winning, Ryan. What are you seeing from this game? Yeah, I ended up not changing anything because at the end of the day, I think that Utah is still going to win this football game against Florida, right? So I, I originally had a 31-17. Could that you talk me down to that now being 27-17 or, you know, 24-17 even? Like, sure, we can get there because obviously there's a difference between between Cam Rising and the uh, Bryson Barnes, I think, is the quarterback that's playing tonight, right? I think it's his name. So former walk-on. So there's obviously a difference there. But at the end of the day, I thought that Utah coming into this season wasn't going to be a great passing team anyway. Like, I think that they're going to rely on their running game. Jaquindon Jackson, former Texas quarterback, I think is going to be a breakout star at running back this year in the Pac-12. So I think that he they're going to rely on him a ton. Bryson, uh, the quarterback stepping in, Bryson Barnes, he actually ran the ball decently last year in the spot duty he had as well. So I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit. I think they're going to run the football. They actually have a pretty dang good offensive line and offensive line coming back in general, especially on the interior. So I think that they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit against Florida. I just, I can't trust Graham Mertz, man. Like I, you just can't talk, you can't talk me into him them scoring more than seventeen or twenty points against Utah with Graham Mertz a quarterback. Like you just can't do it. What what people missed about last year is although Anthony Richardson was incredibly inconsistent for Florida from game to game perspective, when they were good, it was because he was playing really good and being well, dynamic. The win so, over Utah was a perfect example, Ryan. He wasn't very good throwing the ball that game. He made money throws, but he ran for hundred yards and had three touchdowns. And so Graham we'll Mertz see. I actually have Florida that. winning this game, Ryan. I, not that I think Graham Mertz is going to play well. I think he's a better fit for this system. I just don't think he's an under center, you know, play action, long developing read kind of guy. But it, what it comes down to for more for me is it's the perimeter matchup. I've never liked Utah's secondary the last couple of years outside of Clark Phillips. He's not there. So that's a problem area for me. And I just think that – look, to speak to your point, though, by the way, Ryan, about Jaquinta Jackson, in the last three games of last year when he stepped in for some injured players, he had 303 yards in the last three games, yep. six touchdowns in the last three games. And that includes 105 yards and two touchdowns against USC in the Pac-12 title game. He also averaged 8.4 yards per carry on 36 carries against Colorado, USC, and Penn State in the Rose Bowl. So to your point, you're not just predicting a guy that's athletic that we've never seen really play before. You've seen it. I mean, he, he, if he can build on that, to your point, if he can build on what he did last season, I don't expect him to run for 8.4 yards per carry. I mean, he, you know, but he's a guy that could have a chance to be one of the best running backs in the Pac-12, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. So I, I like that projection. I just think – Here's the other thing for me, Ryan. Utah has just not been a very good football team out of their league. 
the, in the, since going back to 20, I believe 18, they're four and seven against FBS teams out of conference. They beat, they beat, uh, uh, actually, I, I have it up here in this article. They beat BYU twice and they beat, I think it was like um, Northern Illinois twice. That's it. They just haven't been good out of conference. They've been really good in their league, but just haven't been good out of conference. They have a bowl loss to like Northwestern. Like they just have not been good out of conference for some reason. But uh, I, so I think Florida wins in a close game. I, I actually like Florida's second or receivers. They do. They had a couple freshmen that played last year. They're going to be playing now. Eugene Wilson's a really talented freshman along with Mike Pearsall. So I actually think the weapons are going to be a little bit better this year. All Graham Merch just has to do is just be decent and they'll be pretty good. Let's go to uh, the Saturday games, Ryan, uh, unless they're, unless you're uh, dead set on talking about some of these uh, these upcoming Friday games. Uh, let's see here. What what are the Friday games for this week? You've got uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech. If you want to talk about that, otherwise we can move on to the Saturday games, Ryan. I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Saturday, Ryan, I'm very curious what your thoughts are on Ohio State and Indiana. Not so much about whether or not Indiana can win the game, but kind of what you're looking for from the Buckeyes. I don't think I'm going to get anything out of this game, honestly. <laughs> That's going to tell me anything about Ohio State. I, I just think this is going to be one of the worst Indiana teams that we've seen in the last few years, and that's counting last year where they were very bad. I mean, they just keep losing football players, man. Like, guys keep transferring. I know they have a transfer quarterback that was at Tennessee last year as a freshman that apparently they're pretty excited about. I'm not a big fan of him. Traven Jackson or something like that. I saw him in high school, Ryan, really inconsistent. Like, I'm watching him at a a camp in Columbus a couple years ago. I was there to watch Dante Moore and some of their name players, and he's throwing seam routes like eight feet over people's heads on air. Like, really athletic kid, but very inconsistent quarterback. I I do not see him – no, I don't see him just, being the answer. He was highly ranked, but I just don't yeah. see it with him. I could be wrong, but I don't see it. They're, they're just void of talents. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, could could the quarterback come out and have a great game whose name's escaped me for some reason? The kid from St. Joe's Prep in Philly. I don't know what. McCord. Could Kyle McCord yeah. come out and have a nice game against Indiana? For sure. Yeah. But is that going to tell me if Kyle McCord is going to be the guy this year at Ohio State? Also don't know, right? Because Indiana just doesn't have guys, man. Right. Like they're one of those rosters where you have to dig deep and do a lot of research on because it's like there's not a lot coming back that's good. I mean, it just really isn't. So I think that Ohio State's just going to roll Indiana. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the game's like 
49 to 10, 49, 17. I just think that Indiana is a bad football team. And I think Ohio state is just going to out athlete them at basically every position. I don't think we're going to learn much about against about Ohio state this week. I want to see how the offensive line plays. That's what I want to see because Indiana is going to try to heat them up and, and, and that's going to be a completely remade offensive line. That's my big takeaway from the game, but Kyle McCord's a guy we've seen start before, Ryan. I mean, this isn't yep. like this is the first time this kid's ever started a game. He started a game before for Ohio State and I think threw for like four touchdowns in that game. And that was against Akron. Akron's not that much worse than Indiana. <laughs> they're going to be – they're really – and I feel bad because I Tom Allen seems like a great guy and the players seem yeah. to love him, but they just – they have no talent. They just don't – they just really don't have players. They're one of those schools that with NIL the way it is now, yep. like – Indiana can't compete against anyone for players right now. Like you can't, yeah. you can't keep anybody in. Why would anybody want to go up to in, to play at the University of Indiana when there's so many other schools that can offer so much more? I mean, it's right. just it's a tough, tough situation for them right now. Let's talk number one, North Carolina at versus number versus actually an unranked South Carolina. Ryan in a, in a matchup of the Carolina schools. Game's going to be played in Charlotte. What uh, what are your thoughts on this game? And what is your prediction? I know we're going to actually put our predictions for this game out tomorrow, but if you want, you can go ahead and share it, share it now. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a really high scoring game. I know that there's I've been hearing all offseason about how the North Carolina defense is going to be way improved. Second year under Gene Chizik, they played decent down the stretch. I I just I just don't think that they're good. I just still don't think they have the horses, man. They lost basically their entire secondary this offseason as well. Like Ryan, they Tony could be Grimes improved and give up 26 Kelly. points a game. Right. right? Yeah. I mean and I I kind of I kind of like a little bit of what Beamer's Shane Beamer is doing at South Carolina. I think he's it's gonna he's gonna have a tough time consistently keeping everyone there because of some reasons, right? But I really think that they are a tough team and they're a pretty well coached team for the most part. I mean, like special teams wise, they're fantastic. I thought defensively, sure. I mean, defensively down the stretch, they got depleted because guys are like opting out and stuff. And I'm still like, they're still playing hard. They're still in the right spot. They just are missing talent there. Right. And Zach Pickens and Cam Smith and those types of guys opting out. It's like, you're, you they didn't opted have out a, for the bowl like, game though. Right. Did they opt out yeah. in the regular season? Because yep. like I, I broke this down actually earlier. Because one of the things about this matchup that I that I hear a lot from people that that are kind of going towards South Carolina is, well, North Carolina's defense is really bad. It was, yep. but my thing is North Carolina gave up thirty point eight points per game last year. South Carolina gave up twenty eight point eight points per game last year. In the last seven yep. games of the year, South Carolina gave up more points than North Carolina did. And I would argue that yes, North Carolina lost their entire secondary. So did South Carolina, basically. Now, well, I think the guys they have coming back, coming back are so good play, are, are talented players, but they lost Rush. They lost the other kid. They lost their, some really good defensive linemen. They lost Jordan Branch to transfer. So that's going to be the interesting thing. But what it comes down to for me, Ryan, is I don't trust Spencer Rattler as that's much fair. as I trust Drake Blay. Drake that's, Drake May. That's what it comes fair. down to for me. I, I don't think that I – I agree with that. I, I mean, yes, I definitely trust Drake May a lot more than Spencer Rattler. I just think that South Carolina just is a little bit more talent coming back. I yeah. mean, even with losing Rush and and losing Cam Smith in the secondary, you still have Marcellus Dial coming back. You still have the freshman safety, Nick, however you pronounce his last name, coming back. Like, there's still a lot of talent yeah. there. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I just think I, – I don't like either defense, right? Yeah. That's kind of my point. 42-38, yeah, I had it. Right. Yeah. yeah, South South Carolina wins just because I I 
And UNC also, I think Drake May is going to be able to do some hero ball stuff, but he's replacing a lot of guys too. I mean, Antoine yeah. Green's gone. Josh Downs is gone. They have their tight ends coming back, but otherwise in the yeah. passing game, they have a bunch of talents, but not a ton of proven talent coming back out wide. Well, the key is going to be, they do have Nesbitt coming back, who's very yep. good. Right, and, yep. uh, you've got a couple guys that were freshmen last year that, that played well. They're going to get a lot more playing time this year. Obviously, Kobe Paysnor, Gavin Blackwell, um, Andre Green was a, a highly ranked kid. I think they're going to get back to running the ball a little bit better. And I, and I do like the young backs that they have coming back. Obviously, Maureen Hampton, George Petaway. I like those guys. They have some talent. The question for me for North Carolina is going to be, can their offensive line play better? And I thought their offensive line play in the last two years was incredibly disappointing because they actually had decent players. Right? They had guys that were getting drafted, right, and they just did not play well. 2020, they played great in the run game, and then they just kind of went away from it the last two years. It, it, hero ball doesn't win you a bunch of games, in my opinion. Yeah. To what you said earlier, they're going to need Drake May to have a better supporting cast. If the NCAA, uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. If they allow Tez Walker to play, I like North Carolina. If he doesn't play, then it's a little bit more iffy for me. I'll probably still lean towards North Carolina, but it's going to be a little bit more iffy because that's the kid that transferred in from Kent State. Uh, yeah. Kent State, yeah, that we you and I were talking about the other day. So that's going to be a very. It's. I agree with one one thing. You and I are hundred percent on the same page on Ryan. That could arguably the most be the most entertaining game of the weekend if you're someone who loves offense. Yep. That that there's not going to be a lot of stops in that game, in my opinion. I, I really don't. Let's go Sunday, Ryan. It's the big game of the weekend, and that is going to be number five LSU against number eight Florida State in Orlando. Let me hear what you have to say. And what's your prediction? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a great football game. I had this one 28-24 in favor of Florida State. Florida State won the game last year, but if you watch the football game, Florida State was dominating early, and then LSU had come back, obviously, in the second half. I think for me that the, these two teams are kind of mirror images of one another. You know, you have dual-threat quarterbacks that make a lot of plays. You have improving offensive lines over the last couple of years comparative to what they were. I think offensively and on both sides, you have some talent out wide with guys like Malik Neighbors on LSU side, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson on Florida State side. I think there's a lot of and really talented defensive lines that are getting better as well. So I think that you have a lot of parallels that are interesting, a lot of similarities that are interesting. I ultimately went with Florida State in the edge because I just think that Florida State has more money players than what LSU has. I think you could even argue that LSU might have a deeper roster than what Florida State has when you get down to the twos and the threes and like the entirety of a depth chart. But I look at it and I say, Jared Verse, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson. It's a lot of dudes, man. And on LSU side, you have Jaden Daniels, you have Malik Neighbors, you have Harold Perkins. But like outside of that, I just think that Florida State has more of the money players, the dudes on the team that I think have more of an opportunity to make a couple of money plays down the stretch. So give me Florida State 28-24 over LSU in a very tight one, where I think LSU actually comes out and plays a lot better in the first half than they did last year. Well, and, and some people forget about last year's game is, yeah, South North, LSU had a chance to win it late, but that's only because Florida State fumbled the ball at the one-yard line with a chance to completely put the game away and not even make it close. And, and that kind of gets dismissed. To your point, Ryan, the game was not as close as, as how I think LSU got outplayed in that game. I think the biggest mistake yeah. Florida State made in that game is they went away defensively from what was working for them because they had a big lead. Uh, and and I think that was a mistake. I, I, I said this yesterday, Ryan. I think Florida State this last two years has been one of the best transfer portal teams in college football because they haven't gone for volume. 
they've been more than Notre Dame, but not like USC and these other teams, but they've been very targeted. And the guys they've getting, they're getting veterans, they're getting guys that are proven, getting Keon Coleman, Braden Fisk, Fentrell Cypress this year, you got Johnny Wilson last year. They've been really smart about who they've went and got. Dylan Gibbons was a very underrated transfer pickup that they had the last few years from Notre Dame. Trey Benson was a transfer. Trey Benson last from year Oregon. Too. Yes, that's another one. Yeah. They they've been very targeted with how they've gone in the portal and they've landed guys that, that fit what they're doing. I mean, look, Malik Neighbors is a really good wide receiver. I just don't think that receiving core and that running back depth chart is as good at Flor- at LSU as it is at Florida State. And the lines to me are similar. I think LSU has a little bit more talent. Florida State is a little bit better coached, in my opinion. But I think without Mason Smith on the defensive line, Florida State's going to have the better defensive line. And and I think Fentrell Cypress is going to help solidify because one of the big concerns I had about their second their defense last year is I didn't love the secondary at Florida State, especially corner. And I think Fentrell Cypress is a good football player, the kid from Virginia. So I, I like this Florida State team. I, I really do. I think it's going to be a great game, Ryan. You and I are a point off. You had 28-24 Florida State. I have 27-24 Florida State. I do think uh, LSU will be able to force a couple field goals. And I think Harold Perkins is going to do some things in this game to help keep it close because he's going to make some big stops and, and probably force a turnover. I think LSU is trending in the right direction under Brian Kelly as far as getting back from what they were before he got here. I just don't think their roster is what people make it out to be. I don't think the preseason top five team. It's going to look like the higher ranked team lost. They should not be ranked as high as Florida State. I mean, they just shouldn't. This is, a, this is still a team that lost four games last year, and all of them were blowouts except for the Florida State game. And Florida State was a fumble at the one-yard line away from making it a blowout, in my opinion. I think they have a lot more work to do than people think. And uh, and I think the problem with them being ranked where they're ranked, Ryan, is if they battle Florida State for four quarters, it's going to seem like a disappointment that they lost. When, in fact, I think it's a sign that they're growing as a football program. And if LSU can win this game, it's a big step in the right direction. It's a bigger win than I think people will give it credit for because they're favored and because they're ranked higher. In my opinion, if LSU wins this game, the team that's not as talented and not as far along in in a new coach's development will have won, that'd be a great sign for LSU, in my opinion. Uh, But I've got Florida State winning this game, in in my opinion. And then last one, Ryan, this is I know one you're very interested in, that's Monday night. Clemson plays at Duke. Have you already put Clemson on upset watch this weekend? What is your prediction, Ryan, and what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think Clemson is going to get upset this weekend. I, I think that when I look at it, I think that Clemson is going to be able to score a whole lot more than what they were able to do this past year consistently on a week-to-week basis. I just think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains from for first-game perspective, right? You still have a kid that's going to be a first-year starting quarterback. You have Garrett Riley, who's now going to be out of the confines of playing of coaching under Sonny Dykes. He's going to be by himself, right? So I think 31-27, Duke wins this one. I think this is kind of the coming out party for Riley Leonard a little bit. I know that people have been talking about him. I know that he's a national name that people know now, but I think that it's really going to get rolling to a much higher level after this game. I just think Duke has a little bit more certainty coming back at a lot of spots offensively. You know, like you have Will Shipley coming back. If you're Clemson, Antonio Williams had a good freshman year, but I mean, Duke is three deep at wide receiver. They have a really good offensive line coming back, Riley Leonard coming back. And I think that the defensive line, and defense in general is going to have enough pieces to be able to just 
keep the game within distance for a guy like Riley Leonard to maybe score the last drive of the football game to potentially win the game. So 31-27, Duke in an upset. Interesting. I like it. I I like it. That takes some guts to make that pick. I I think it's going to be a competitive game for a while, Ryan. I just feel when I look at the matchup, I feel Clemson is good on defense in the areas where they need to be good in order to keep Duke from really going off too much in this game. I see a 31 to 24 game uh, with Clemson winning 31 or 34. I see it being a seven to 10 point game. That's going to be competitive for a while. I like the weapons that Duke has. I just don't think it's going to be enough. And and I don't think they're going to ask Cade Klubnik to carry the team the way that, that past quarterbacks have. They're going to run the football. I love this Clemson offensive line. But it's going against a much a very underrated Duke defensive line, in my opinion. And what's interesting is Duke had a pretty good D line back in 2019, but they were edge players. It's Victor Demooks and they had Chris Rump third. Now their defensive line is built more so on the inside guys with Dwayne Carter and Jamion Franklin, and they've got a pretty good rotation there. But I just think Clemson's going to have too much firepower. I think it's going to be a really fun game. And I don't think that even with my disagreement on the score, Ryan, that it's going to necessarily mean that what you said about Riley Leonard's coming out party is still going to be there because it's going to be a Monday night game that all college football fans are going to be watching. And they're going to be like, who the heck is this kid that's putting Duke on his shoulders and keeping him in this game? So win or lose, I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a coming out party for Riley Leonard either way. And people are going to be – and Ryan's going to be like, dude, I was talking about this last year after the first game. right? You guys are way late to the party, but they're going to yeah. still join the party. But I just think Clemson has a little bit too much firepower top to bottom. But I, I think this is going to be a quality Duke football team this year. I don't I don't think what Mike Elko did last year was a fluke, Ryan. It, it wasn't. It wasn't smoke and mirrors. I mean, their four losses were by combined 16 points. That's it. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I, I really like what Mike Elko is doing. I just don't think they have the enough athleticism and firepower yet to beat Duke. But I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind seeing your prediction being right. You know I'm a big Mike Elko fan. So I'd love to I'd love to see that one. That'd be a lot of fun. So that's gonna do it for the prediction show, Ryan. We're gonna go to the mailbag next, folks. But before we do, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. We actually saw I had a couple people subscribe during the show. So we're we're now 68 people away from getting the 15,000 on our channel. So we would love to love to see you all to subscribe for that as well. And uh, and of course, if you haven't done so already, folks, sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.